Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise your name. We bless your name today. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I think we have a little clip for you. I'm just checking. Is this okay? Okay, go ahead. Eight years ago, I planted an lemon tree in my yard, and we were reading the Old Testament. And what it says is the first three years, you're not to harvest the crop. But the fourth year, you harvest the crop, and then you give the first fruits to God. Now, the fourth year on that lemon tree had 12 lemons. So I took the best lemon, and I washed it, and I took my pen, and I wrote first fruits on that lemon, and I took it to church on Sunday, and I dropped it in the offering. Okay, now four years later, our other tree still produces regular-sized lemons. But the tree we tithed on now produces only this size lemons. It doesn't produce any medium size or small lemons. It only produces these. God's word is true. Man, he says that he'll give you the desire to obey him and the power to do what pleases him. And uh, man, this is, a, this is just a result of obedience. Man, try and see. <laughs> season of first fruits. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, first of all, I just want to give honor to the Lord for my wife, Jane. Amen. If you would stand. Amen. I know everybody knows you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yep. As somebody, as somebody said, the executive vice president, praise God, and uh, of, of homes and services, praise God. Yep. Yep. So um, anyway, I praise the Lord for Jane and uh, love her deeply, wholeheartedly, and uh, she's a gift of God uh, to me, to my family. Amen. And she's the reason why I'm standing up here. How many of you know, you know, sometimes you, you have to have the painful voice of truth in your life? Amen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And, um, and, some, and if you're married, sometimes the voice of truth comes in if your husband is comes in the name of your wife, and then some, and and then if your if your wife comes in the name of your husband, sometimes dropping that word you don't want to hear that word of counsel. It don't come like thus saith the Lord. It, it comes it comes in other ways. Praise God. And so, um, <clears throat> man, I praise God for Jane. But anyway, uh, I want to tell you a story about a young lady, um, uh, Sister Mary. Um, who's the mother of a Catholic school. And she had a lot, a lot of females in it. And so some of the females, uh, I think it was, they were at the junior high level. And, um, and so they, they, they started wearing lipstick. And so they had a problem because the girls would go in the restroom and then they would just put their lips on the mirror. And, uh, and so this red lipstick was on the mirror and it was causing a major, major problem. And so Sister Mary decided she would call all the girls together. And so all the girls came together in the restroom with the janitor. And, uh, and as she began to talk about the trouble that they were bringing, you know how sometimes teenagers would do when the parents are talking, the head go all over here and, you know, acting like they don't hear what you're saying. And they were giving, you know, doing that to her. And then she said, Mr. George, would you come? 
and, and, and show them why it is so hard, um, to, why it's so hard to get this lipstick off the mirror. And so he went ahead and he took the squeegee and he dipped it in the toilet <laughs> and he wiped the mirror off <laughs> with, with the squeegee. <laughs> There was never a problem with, with lipstick on the mirror again. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> well, anyway. <laughs> never had that problem more, no more. Anyway, I got another story for you. Well, this one is not, it's, this one is not funny, but I, 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 li I like stories. Um, suppose I were to drop by your house holding a foil-covered saucer. And I say, hello, friend. A few days ago, Jane, my wife, made a strawberry cake. It was so good. It came out of the oven hot, moist, and sweet. I wish you could have tasted it. Today, as I was eating the last piece, I thought of you. <laughs> Just because I took the final bite, I put my fork down and thought I'm taking these crumbs to my friends. How would you feel? Now contrast this emotion with the one you would feel if I were to knock at your door holding a cake pan with, you know, with those, that hot, the thing that you know, if it's hot, you put on your hands, mitts, gloves. And I say, Jane, just pulled this out of the oven a few minutes ago. It's still popping hot, packing hot. No one has touched it yet. I got here as fast as I could. I want you to have the first piece. I want you to have the whole cake, although I did bring my case my fork in case you wanted to share it with me. How would that invitation make you feel? Or better ask, how does that make you feel? God offers you and I the whole cake. You do not receive crumbs or leftovers. You receive his best. Why? Because he loves you and I based on the principles of first first things. Man, today we are celebrating first fruits. And I've, I have mentioned a couple of weeks ago to Bishop Johnson that I really felt like God put something in my heart about Hannah and um, had not been able to shake um, the message on Hannah ever since Bishop Bellano was here. Something dropped in my spirit something dropped in my heart. And it's interesting when you look in the Bible, if you actually did a, a word study in your Bible, and I suggest that you do that, uh, do a word study on first, firstborn, first begotten, first fruits, firstlings, and first ripe. And you will find a plethora of, of scripture on first. See, the mistake that some of us have been making is that we're talking, uh, Bishop Johnson is giving the word of the Lord 
on the principle of first things. There are some things that ended at the cross. We don't do animal sacrifices anymore. Come on. And there are some things that went beyond the cross. In fact, the scripture says that Jesus Christ is the first fruits. He himself is the first fruits from the dead. Literally, when Jesus rose from the dead, he was like the Father's first fruits. He represented the millions upon millions, which you and I represent, who will be just like him in the resurrection. The principle of first things. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these other things shall be added to you. Again, first things. The whole ideology of giving to the Lord first things. When we look in the book of Joshua, last week Bishop Johnson preached in a mighty message about Jericho. And I remember when he preached it, I used to think that when Jericho was given to the Lord, that Jericho was like um, the, uh, the tithe. But when you examine the number of cities that Joshua won, you realize that Jericho was not a tithe, nor did God mandate Joshua to give Jericho to him. Joshua, out of his own heart, says, I wanted to give the first to the Lord, which actually represented giving all to him. Today, I want to look at Hannah. I want to look at the story of Hannah. And I'm um, going to look at it in a different way. When you look at the life of Hannah, Hannah was barren. How many of you know what barrenness is? It's the inability to produce. And the inability to get pregnant, she could not carry the baby to turn, the full term. And it's interesting, the Bible is filled with women, Sarah, Hannah, Rachel, Elizabeth. Each of these women were barren at some point of their life, and God opened their womb. But also, there are some other forms of barrenness. There's financial barrenness, living, living in the past, lack of time, bad management, where you can't bring anything into completion. You can't produce anything. How many of you know that that can be quite frustrating? Or to feel like you're stuck financially and, and, and you can't go anywhere. Your mama couldn't go nowhere. Your daddy couldn't go nowhere. And now you find that you cannot advance anywhere. Financial barrenness. Then you have professional barrenness, what it means that you're trying, you're in a career or you're trying to get into a career, but you find that you can't get into the career. Other people are getting promoted, other people are moving forward, but you find yourself stuck. Professional barrenness. Then you have spiritual barrenness. Spiritual barrenness when you just can't break out of sinful conditions. You can't break out of that addiction. You can't break out of that thing that holds you captive. Then you have ministerial barrenness. 
when the ministry, when, when, when your own personal ministry doesn't bear any, any fruit. I want to ask this morning, how many of us right now are experiencing some form of barrenness on this list that I've just mentioned? Let me see by the show of hands. Okay, okay. So this story would be good for you this morning. It's been great for me. When you look at the story of um, of 1 Samuel, and let me pull out my Bible. If you could bring my phone. Thank you, Jane. Appreciate it. Um, let me see here. 1 Samuel. And uh, how many of you know 1 Samuel comes before 2 Samuel? I mean, I'm so intrigued after reading this story. And the Bible says, I'm in the first chapter, right around the, um, the eighth verse. It happened year after year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would, uh, no, 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 I'm going to go further. I'm sorry. Now this man will go up from his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons, Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, were priests to the Lord there. When the day came that Echaniah sacrificed, he would give great portions. He would give generous portions to Panana, his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved her. But the Lord, notice it, the Bible says, but the Lord had closed her womb. Her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, that she would provoke her. So she began to weep and would not eat. Then Aconite, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? Then Hannah rose after eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the temple, and she greatly distressed, prayed to the Lord, and wept bitterly. She made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you would indeed look on the affliction of your maid, handmaid, and remember me, and not forget your maidservant, but give her, your maidservant, a son, then I will give him to the Lord. In all the days of, a, of his life, a razor shall never come on his head. Man. And so we see here, Hannah was barren at first. Now, when you look at the progression here, Hannah was barren first, but she was not desperate. Notice this. She was disturbed about it, but she was not desperate. At first, Hannah did not cry desperately. She went on as if it were not too bad, even though she was not barren. What caused Hannah to not confront the reality of her barrenness at first. I believe it was the generous portions, the double portions, and the love of Akaniah. It wasn't wrong, but she, it, the, the love of Akaniah kind of clouded things. And so what God did, he raised up a provoker. And that provoker was Panana. And the Bible says he raised her up, a rival in her own household. Now, you got to think about the situation. 
that, you know, normally if you get tired of looking at somebody, you can go home and you don't see them anymore. But Panana, Panana was in her house, in the room next to her. And from what I understand, uh, it, um, from what I understand in terms of culture, um, when wives could not have, um, first of all, Hannah was um, Alconiah's first wife, according to history. But because she could not produce and the name of the, the family needed um, a, a passageway, a legacy, um, he married Panana so that she would give birth to keep his name alive. Now you got a situation here. Now, you know, Panana probably at first was very compassionate to Hannah, you know, understanding her plight. But now, Panana, for some strange reason, she acts like the devil is in her. In fact, in her own household, she, she started probably kind of, what, what were some of the things you can imagine Panana was saying and doing that, 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 um, that really just, I would use, no, I'm going to use that word, you know, mess with her. What were some of the things you, she probably said? Come on, help me here. Help my imagination. Come on here. What were some of the things that, that Panana probably was doing or saying? Say it again. You ain't pregnant yet. What else? This baby looks just like his daddy. This is my baby. What do you got? <laughs> what about over here? Come on, help me here. Don't you wish you had a baby? Anybody else over here? Would you change my baby? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, here's the, here's the diaper, you know. Got a date tonight with Akaniah. Would you wash the kids? Oh, man. Oh, my God. And so now, the provoker, Panana, man, she was landing on her. And the Bible states, the Bible states, that, yeah, here she go right here, that she rose after eating and she was greatly distressed and she began to pray to the Lord. See, at first, notice here, she, 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 he said, why do you weep? She was upset. But notice in the ninth verse, she was greatly distressed and she prayed to the Lord. God was provoking using Panana to provoke her. Come on, saints. And there are times that God will use ministers of provocation to reveal what he's placed inside of you or to jumpstart his dream in your life. You perceive it as negative, but God looks at this negative as a Panana, a minister of provocation. Mo, just think about this. Moses was boxed in. I mean, he got, he got three million people who are crying, saying, he brought us out here to kill us. He has, he has the Red Sea right here. He see the pillar of fire, but the pillar of fire is disappearing, and the soldiers are coming. He is what? Provoked to cross the Red Sea. 
and he hears the word of the Lord and he takes the staff and the Bible says, and he, you know, he, the Bible, and it's interesting when you read this, Mo, Moses cried out to the Lord. The Lord said, don't cry out to me. He said, you divide the sea. You divide the sea. And he divided the sea. But he used the difficulty to provoke him to walk out his destiny. We see another situation with Saul. Saul was just newly anointed king. In fact, when Samuel came on the scene, he says, okay, I'm, I'm going to show you where your king is. The one who has been anointed king. And the scripture says he was hiding somewhere behind the baggage. And so now they say, this is your king. And some of the men of war were, was looking at, Saul, looking at Saul. He's our king. He's taller than everybody, but he's a wimp. He's taller than everybody, but he's not a man of war. And I know for a fact he probably did not feel sure of himself. So the Bible says, and the men of Jabesh came over and said, we are going to kill you. In fact, why don't you send your guys over here and we will gouge out their right eye? Oh my God. And so the scripture says, and the men of Jabez came to Saul. And Saul stood up and the Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came greatly upon Saul. That kingly anointing shook him. And the Bible says, and he took the animals and he cut them into pieces. And he said, this is what I will do to you. Oh, man. And that day, his destiny turned. Even the men who did not want to follow him, when they saw that passion arise from him, when they saw that disclosure of a king coming forth from him, they decided they would follow him. But there, it had to be provoked. It had to be provoked. Is God provoking you right now? The same thing happened with Goliath. No one would have ever known that King David was a mighty warrior. But the day Goliath came and none of the men would fight, King David said, I would. And his brothers thought he was trying to be a show off. Saul said, here is my armor. He put it on. He said, I can't use this stuff. I can't use this stuff. Give me my slingshot. And he's listening, man. He's listening to all this stuff, man, that, that Goliath is talking about. I, I won't say what I thought Goliath was saying. But, but anyway, it would have been a rated aura uh, conversation. And, um, and so the Bible states, that day, no one knew that there was a king inside of David. No one knew that there was a giant inside of him. No one knew that he was a warrior, but God created a situation to disclose what was inside of him. And he killed Goliath. Man, I was sitting up here thinking about this whole thing about provocation. And I remember when I, remember when I was in school um, in junior high, and I don't know about you, but some of you who've been in a, a home of divorce, I came out of a home of divorce. Situation was not pretty at all. 
And I remember the year that my parents divorced, it was not a good year for me in school. In fact, I turned into a little hellion that, that year. And um, I, 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 I shook my fist up to God. Man I, I, man, I shook my fist up to God. I let out a piece of cussing up to heaven. Man, I was, I was upset with every, every authority that ever lived. And I, I remember, man, um, I wasn't doing well in school. I was a good student, but I wasn't doing well in school. And my mom, being a single mom, they called her to the school, man. And I hated that she had to leave work and come to school. And they sat down and talked to my mother. And he, he told my mother, he said, Miss Crawford, um, we, we think that your son, Ewell, would be best suited going to a vocational school. And, and that his career life would be more in the line of maybe, you know, something that, that he can do with his hands. And uh, we do not think that he's college material. And oh man, they, man, they were landing on thick. Oh man. And I'm sitting there, my mom, man, she's trying to hold back the tears. Cause you know, when, when you're a single mom, man, you do, your single mom is doing the best she can do. And I was feeling bad, but I didn't know what to do with my anger. I didn't know what to do with, I had no one to talk to. I think that was the issue. I had no one to talk to, to get all this out of me. And, um, and I, all of a sudden, that what, he, what that man said to my mother, and what that man said to me, it bothered me so bad. It bothered me so bad. I made up my mind, I would not go to the, to, the high school that everybody else was going in my neighborhood. In fact, I stayed with my grandmother, stayed in the project with my grandmother, I'll never forget it, and decided to go to another high school that would distance me from everybody else I was hanging around, that would distance me from all the people that were bad influences in my life. And I remember when I stepped on that campus, I stood up there and, 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 um, and I made up in my mind, I said, you it's time for you to, um, to really get serious about your life. And I want to tell you something. When I graduated from that high school, I did not graduate as a person who was, was um, not college material. I, gradu I graduated from high school. I was like number four in my class. I was number four in my class. I was president of the National Honor Society. I was um, the top in the top five percent in the state of Florida in the area of science. It was it was just all these things happened, and I remember going back. Uh, I went back to the junior high school, and um, I found Mr. Tony, and uh, that's his name, Mr. Tony. And I remember I took, the news, I, I took the newspaper that my picture was on and I put it on his desk. And I said to myself, I said to him, this is what, oh, I, I'm gonna say everything else I said, but anyway, he understood what, what actually happened. But I began to understand there was a provocation. I was provoked to do better. And I believe that some of you sitting in here, the Lord is, has allowed some situations to happen to provoke you. Panana was provoked 
Who's your provoker? Now, Hannah went on a journey, and the journey that Hannah was on, first of all, she went from what? Weeping to much weeping. And then the Bible says in her deep anguish, she prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She made a vow to God. At first, all Hannah could think about was having a baby. But now she made a vow to him and said, if you would only look on your servant's misery, remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I would give him to you for all the days of his life and no razor would ever be used on his head. God was transforming her dream to his dream. Because God had a dream. See, the Bible says the word of the Lord had not been in Israel. But God had a dream. He had a purpose. His purpose was to raise up a young man to be a prophet in Israel and to establish Israel and to position Israel for King David to come. She had in her mind, I just want to have a baby. And now her weeping for a child transformed to, okay, God. If you give me a child, I give him to you and he will serve you all the days of his life. And before you know it, her intercession, her praying had turned into intercession for a prophet. And the Bible states, I'm talking about, and she kept on praying to the Lord. And sometimes when you have, when God gives you his dream, you have to, you have to keep on praying. Some of us have quit too quickly. And the Bible says it went on and Hannah was praying in her heart. Her lips were moving and there was no sound. So her praying had gone to supplication where she was, she would not let go. In fact, I could just see her now, her praying had come to a place now. She was probably at a place now where she was travailing. The Bible says, and she poured out her soul to the Lord. She, have you ever prayed for something where you didn't have no voice no more? I mean, you've cried, but now you literally, you're travailing on the inside. This prayer has consumed you. And, and, she, and, and, and for Hannah, her praying was such that she was no longer just praying for a baby. She was praying for a prophet to be born. Remember, God had closed her womb, which meant that God had a purpose in mind. God saw this moment. He knew the time that Samuel needed to come, but he needed a woman who had the capacity to pray. Oh, man, I don't know if y'all see this. And then the Bible states, she got to a place and she was talking to, you know, because he thought she was drunk. In fact, can, you know, she thought, he thought she was drunk and she said, no, I'm not drunk. And then she began to share with him and then he spoke these words, go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Although she did not have a big stomach at that point, she had conceived in the spirit. 
She had conceived in the spirit because God gave a word. That baby was in the form of a word. And some of us in this particular first fruits, as you give your first fruits this year, there's a miracle that you believe in God for in your life. And the reason I'm sharing it this way, because for some of you, the Lord wants you to get this committed to him regarding the thing that you're believing him for. And it's possible what you're believing him for, the Lord wants to move it from just being something that benefits you to something that will benefit the world. And it's interesting that when, the, when literally when this thing had been conceived in the spirit, the Bible says, and she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. The Bible says she ate some food and her face was no longer downcast. The travail was gone. The burden was done because it was done in the spirit. It was done in the spirit. And then the Bible says, and she worshiped the Lord. She got up early in the morning and worship the Lord. And then she went to work on that promise. In fact, the Bible says, and her husband made love to her. And in the course of time, she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. The name of Samuel means because I asked the Lord for him. Your Samuel is what you are asking the Lord to do for you in this season. Hear that word. And what you're asking God for, it, 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 see, some of us, we're asking God for things, but we haven't really got serious about it. And sometimes in the, when, when you really get serious about this thing, you may find that the very thing that's agonizing inside of you is your dream, but God wants to transform it to his dream, his purpose, his will. I'm just about through. But you know what Hannah had to do? She had to prepare her first fruits because the Bible says, and she did give birth, but her first fruits was not ready yet. So the Bible says, after the baby, she said, after the boy is weaned, I will take the boy and present him before the Lord. Now, back then, the babies, uh, some translators say, now, this, this is real interesting. I was doing some research on this. Some children back then, you know, uh, some women today, some women, I know I, I can only speak about my woman, and, uh, and, uh, and that was when the children started getting teeth. That's when you stopped nursing. And... Uh, and uh, when, you know, when they start biting, but back then, I mean, our child, children were three and four years old, yet their child wasn't considered to be weaned. And so, you, you know, can you see big old giants sitting up there? <laughs> Come on, man, <laughs> you know? And so back then, and then, and then sometimes they, they would prolong the weaning because that was, that was a form of, 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 of birth control because she could not conceive as long as she was nursing. And so they would sometimes keep the nursing going for a period of time. Oh, man, that was strange. <laughs> but anyway, um, but the Bible says, now when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with 
three, a three-year-old bull and one ephah of flour and a jug of wine and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And although the child was young, they slaughtered the, the bull and, and then the boy and brought the boy to Eli. And she said, oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood beside you praying to the Lord. For this boy I prayed and the Lord has given me what? my petition come on saints come on say the lord is giving me my petition say to, say to yourself this is the season the lord is giving me my petition which i asked of him so the, so the scripture says so i have dedicated him to the lord see she just didn't take her first fruits and just fling it up there her first fruits became worship unto the Lord. It was her worship unto God. Oh man, I don't know if y'all see that. And she dedicated him to the Lord. And she says, so I have dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he's dedicated to the Lord. And he worshiped the Lord there. The child worshiped the Lord there. Lord, have mercy. And then the second chapter, if you go into the second chapter, after she had gave her first fruits, left her child, you got to think about this, she left her child, her child that she raised, the one child that she had, she left them with the priest and she went home. And as she was going home, the scripture says, and she began to, to, to recite you, if you look at second, uh, the second chapter, she started praising him. She started thanking him. She started giving God the glory. She started talking about his worth. And I believe why she did that was because as she was thanking him, thanking him, giving God the glory, it was helping her to get over leaving her child because she understood that that baby belonged to God. Lord have mercy. You don't, I don't, see, some of us, we, we haven't mixed worship with what we do. Some of us have stopped worshiping God. Some of of us the only time some of us we even look at worship when we come together to worship as an imposition begin so what was the aftermath of her worshiping then the Bible says now Samuel was ministering before the Lord as a boy wearing his wearing his linen ephod and his mother now get this his mother would make him a little robe and bring it to him from year to year when she would come up with her husband to offer yearly sacrifice, then Eli would bless Aconai and his wife and say to him, may the Lord give you children from this woman in the place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. May the Lord give you children from this woman in place of the one she dedicated to the Lord. And they went to their own home and then the Lord visited Hannah and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew up before him. You see the, this whole thing here? You see the progression of, of, first of all, feeling sorry for yourself and then praying and then begin to, to intercede and beginning now to embrace the promise of God. And now she poured out her soul to God and she hears from the Lord. And then the priest says, hey, go, you're going to have a baby. And she receives it in faith. She goes home. She gets her demeanor together. She gets, she, she, she gets, she gets out of being in a bad mood. 
She makes sure she looks good. I mean, she, she wants to make sure that nothing is blocking anything because she's going to get pregnant. And that same night, the Bible didn't say she went to him. The Bible says he came to her. Lord, have mercy. She, she, something, now, Emma, I can't go in there. Now, the reason why I'm talking this way this morning is because I remember. See, see, some of you, you, you forget what God says to you too quickly. Some of you have forgotten. I never forget the time that we were, we were at, um, we were, um, at uh, Burn Street and Bob Seymour was here. And Bob Seymour prayed for my wife and I. Um, he prayed for my wife and I um, regarding a house. I never forget it. And I remember we were living in Lexington, Lexington, Lexington Apartments. And he prayed, he, I mean, he went to pray for us. And, 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 and I didn't see this correlation. And I remember he, he would pray and he would make declarations about how God was going to bless us with a house, how it was going to look, and et cetera. And then Bishop Johnson, he would pray for us every first fruits. And he would, and man, there were times when I would just start feeling kind of, you know, sure, sure. And, and I remember some of the words that Bishop would, would speak over Jane and I regarding a house. And then I remember the prophet came from Bahamas and he says, I see, I see the realtor. He's standing in, from, in front of you. And he says, he says, the house is yours if you want it. And, and so literally, literally what we have seen in our lifetime since we've been giving first fruits, literally we have seen God work miracles for us to live in places we never dreamed or thought we could ever live in because it was more of his hand but the, the the starting point of it all came from first fruits the starting point of it all came from the man of God speaking what the blessing of the Lord I believe Hannah is the body of Christ I believe Hannah is Metro I believe we are Hannah right now. And I believe the Lord, the Lord is saying, this is the season the birth Samuels. I believe this is the season where the Lord is saying to Metro, it's time, I want you to birth a Samuel. I want, I want you to birth what, what I have put in your heart. I want you to birth revival, the wells of revival in this region. I want you to birth a church that literally would, literally um, um, uh, 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 minister to the masses of men and women even in this area. I, I, I want to birth, the Lord, the Lord says, he, I want to, because you asked me for this, you asked me for revival, you asked me for this land, you asked me for this property, you asked me for this area, I gave it to you, but now I want to give you the inhabitants, I want to give you the surrounding areas, I want to give you the college campuses, I want to give you the areas. I know it's been a while, I know it's been a while, and some of you have grown weary in your hearts and you begin to think that it will never happen, but the Lord, the Lord is saying, hey, 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 it's time for you to re-engage your heart, it's time for you to put your hands back on the plow, it's time for you because this is the season that, that I'm going to birth Samuels. For some of you who have said in your heart, the Lord will never provide me a husband. I want to tell you something. The Bible says all things are possible to the Lord. The Lord says, is there anything too hard for God? Some of you said I never, I would never be able to live in a house. But the Lord is saying to you today, is that your Samuel? Is that your Samuel? And, and you, may under, you may not even understand the reason why the Lord may want you to travail about that house is because when you move into that house, he's going to give you that community for his glory. 
glory. It's he's going to give it to you for his glory. It's not just you in the house. It's for the community. It's for the people in the house. The reason why he wants to give you the job, he wants to give you the job so that you can not only be promoted, but he wants to give you the people. Prince, I'm telling you, the Lord says, it's time for you all to win the community that you're in now. It's time for you to win. It's time, you, you, you have them on the rod right now, but the Lord says, time to reel the fish in in your area. This year, in our first fruits, the Lord wants us to do something. You know, man, we've gone through a lot. We've gone through a lot. There are some things that we need to forget. There are some failures, Metro, we need to forget. There are some regrets. There are some questionings. We need to forget. There's some things we just need to forget. We can't change the past, but Lord have mercy, we can change the future. His word will not return to him void. Lord have mercy. He can make all things new. He likes to create grand scenarios that he can come in and be the rescuer of the day. But Metro, the Lord is saying, I'm saying this for us in this season right here. In everything, we must give him thanks. There's some things, saints, I don't understand. I don't understand when my wife lost her brother and then when she lost her second brother, I know she didn't understand. I didn't understand. None of us understood. Her family didn't understand. There's some things that happen, saints. There's some things that happen that you don't understand. He didn't say give him thanks for those things, but he says in those things, give him thanks. Lord, in them. Because giving him thanks is a way to preserve your heart. Metro, God is saying, I want y'all to start thanking me in the situation. I want you to rejoice. I want you to, I want, it's, see the thing about it, it's more costly when you don't have anything to rejoice about. When you make up your mind to rejoice but it's the thing that keeps your sanity. The Lord is saying to us in this first fruit seasons, pray without ceasing. And when we talk about pray without ceasing, we're not talking about where you stay locked up in your house. But there's a praying without ceasing where you walk and there's an awareness of him in your heart and that the king that's inside of you, he wants to come out and manifest himself outside of us. This is a season that we're not to despise prophesying. 
I'm telling you, saints, if there's ever been a time that we need to speak to our mountains, this is the season now for you and I to speak to the mountain. Prophesy to the ditches. The ditches are dry. And the scripture says, and he prophesied, and the ditches became filled with water. Prophesy to your situation. Prophesy the word of the Lord to your situation. Prophesy to your body. Prophesy to your child. Prophesy to your situation. Prophesy to your womb. Prophesy to your job. Prophesy to your neighborhood. Sing the word of the Lord. Sing the word of the Lord. Call the harvest in with the word of the Lord. Oh, man. And then add to your faith. Add to your faith work. Hannah had to work. Remember this, she named the child Samuel because she asked of the Lord. What are you asking God to do for you in this first fruit season? You need to define the miracle you need. You cannot find until you define. You gotta, you gotta define the thing. You gotta make sure, it's, see, this, see it's, it's not time for whimsy praying. It's, it's time for you and I to get down to, hey, this is what I'm believing the Lord for. It's time for Metro amen, to stand as one united body and birth the 144. Lord have mercy. That's what Bishop Belongo said when he was here. He said our Samuel was dead because inside of the 144 are the kings, David, the King Solomon's, men and women of stature. Change your speech. Talk your miracle. Stop talking defeat. Stop talking unbelief. Talk your expectations. Visualize the miracle that you want God to bring forth to you. And then lastly, do due diligence. You got to do the natural things. You got to do the paperwork. You got to make the phone calls. You got you to get healed. Some of you, the only thing standing between you and the miracle that God wants to bring you is that you need to get healed in your heart. You need to get healed in your mind. You got to get healed in your emotions because he wants to give you. Some of you, the Lord wants to give you wealth, but he, he knows that if he give you wealth, you'll leave your wife, you'll leave your husband. And so, and, and so he wants you to heal your marriage so that he can bring the fullness of his promise to you right now. Amen. Amen. You know, one of the greatest things, they said, one of the greatest things, I'm, I'm, I'm a life coach, and one of the things you begin to understand, and they're saying that one of the reasons why some people uh, attain greatness when they're in their 50s and 60s is because they come to a place, they finally come to a place in their lives where they, wanna, they, they will face the baggage that's been in their life. And the greatest thing that you and I can do right now is to face the baggage, to look the baggage right in the face, and look at the stuff and say, this is it. Many times there are sub-automatic thoughts that, 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 that's, that come from our childhood that, that, that sabotages every good thing that God wants to release. And the only way these things are dealt with is that you make up in your mind, I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to deal with this. I'm going to face it. I'm going to face it. I'm, I'm going to deal with it because I want to enter into my destiny. But above all, 
Don't let go of your miracle in this season. Turn your first fruit offering into worship to the Lord. Will you stand?